Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I have the pleasure of speaking with Mickey O'Sullivan. You know Mickey from uh, The Shy or Chicago PD. I know him as an actor in my shy town who's uh, been very willing and uh, uh, able to help when a question arises. He's also a person that inspires me to get better abs. Welcome, Mickey. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, it's, uh, it's good to talk to you. I know that you know before I had this show, a long time before I had this show, I still had a lot of questions as I was getting started as an actor. And you were one of the folks that was kind enough to provide some answers. So I appreciate that. Of course, I'm glad I was able to help. You were. Um, as we, uh, as you and I were trying to get this uh, set up in terms of the uh, finding the proper dates uh, for the uh, taping, uh, you mentioned, okay, let's just do this uh, after my birthdays. And it was more than one. So happy belated. And uh, before Thank we go you. any further, What's what's up with having more than one birthday? Yeah, so I was born on June 16th, um, but my doctor put June 15th on my birth certificate. And then my dad said, rather than deal with the hassle of changing such a trivial thing, we can allow him to celebrate by drinking a day earlier in his life. And that's the yeah. Irish way. So now you celebrate on both, or do you celebrate on the 15th primarily? I, do. I think that we should all be celebrating more than one birthday. You know, I think that it's a, it's a fantastic way to live. And uh, if you're only going to celebrate yourself once a year, uh, you're missing out. All right. Well, uh, I'll see if I can do it twice. Um, and celebrate speaking... the whole month if you want to, though. I mean, absolutely. Nobody's stopping idea. you. Not a bad idea. We'll see what my wife says in terms of getting me more than one present on different oh, days. No, no, no presents involved there. No presents. You give presents to yourself every day of that month. That's all. Come on. I, I can, I can, you know, take the same idea as the Hanukkah and the, you know, uh, number of days of uh, consecutive presents, and we can make that for a birthday as well. I think my kids will be all for it. <laughs> you're you're going to need to get an Amazon wish list together, you know? Sounds good. Uh, we'll post that underneath it, see if uh, see what people think that I should have there on. You go. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, of doing things more than once, uh, I see that on Chicago PD you managed to play three separate characters. How did that happen? Uh, that's a great question. I think that's a question uh, that would probably be better answered by producers or casting directors. I just know that. Um, in Chicago, there is uh, a rule um, that you cannot be on. You cannot be on the those shows. Um, you have to have a two-year hiatus, essentially. So if your character pops up, you can't play another character for at least two years. And I think it's like a soft rule, right? I've always been somebody who's changed the way that I look. I mean, look at me right now. I have a mustache, and I look like I, I might. Be, uh, in the Caribbean, uh, and I like to live that way. I don't like to have to uh, model myself after a headshot I took two years ago, and so I'm sure that that had something to do with it. That I looked a little bit different, um, but I also uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't really know how that worked out, uh, but I know that uh, clearly I did something right. Like if you're not getting back on one of those shows, I don't know. I feel like. Part of it is that, you know, when I went there, I was treated like family and I treated them like family. And uh, that makes it easier to bring somebody back, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Great job. Again, you kind of you uh, you've done the co-star and then you went to a recurring uh, guest star. So uh, 
they certainly uh, like you as a family. That's evident. Um, and uh, just, yeah, it's uh, it's cool. And just kind of out of curiosity, because you've been on PD, um, does that mean that uh, you cannot be on fire and on med unless there is some sort of a crossover event? We'll see. I'm certainly dead as uh, as Detective Doyle. Um, dead as a doornail. So I don't think they're bringing him back. Um, can I play a different character? Uh, maybe. I think they did just get a nod for a few more seasons. Uh, mm -hmm. I certainly wouldn't turn down an opportunity to work on a network TV show. Um, but uh, hopefully it's starting to branch a little bit more outside of Chicago as well. Yeah, and uh, I, I actually want to get into that, but let's uh, let's stay on on the uh, shy track for uh, for a second. Um, sure. You play Chef Den on the Shy. Um, I'm not going to uh, lie; I have not watched the Shy. It uh, it's been oh. on my it's it's been on my radar. I've watched you as Chef Den. I've seen uh, your work on it, but I haven't watched the show. I'm actually looking forward to uh, to seeing it. It's making its way up my list of I need to watch this, Good. and it's going. So, um, but watching you in the in the little that I have watched so far as uh, being uh, uh, Chef Dan, you seem, aside from, you know, very good in the role, you seem to be very much uh, at ease in the kitchen with the actual role of the chef. Um, and I know that you were in the pilot episode, so it's not like you had, you know, six months to prepare on how to be a chef. So what was your preparation like on being able to step in and look the part right away? Um kind of luck, right? So I wasn't the original selection for that role. Um, they had somebody else, uh, they shot the first two episodes and then I came in, uh, they reshot the episodes with me. And um, so I came in on June 3rd, I think I got hired on June, or sorry, July 2nd. Uh, there was, at that point, um, there was some discrepancy on whether or not SAG uh, was going to strike or not the next day. And so this would have been my first day on set. So thankfully they had negotiated the deal. Uh, I got to set. And um, yeah, I think my, my goal was less about acting and more about not getting fired, right? Like, <laughs> and I think maybe I, I treat most of my jobs that way, right? Like, there is a certain amount I can do on camera, but there's a lot more that I have control of uh, off of the camera. Uh, I want, especially when I'm playing somebody who uh, who I would categorize as an awful human being for one way or another, um, I, I like to make other people uh, feel comfortable and like that there is a collaborative um, sense there and, you know, I enjoy having fun. Uh, so that was my main goal when I showed up was, you know, don't get fired, you know, take good direction, make it to the second episode. And if you can make it to the second episode, you can keep on learning and growing. Um, I, I guess, you know, I've had, uh, had jobs in kitchens before, so maybe that helped a little bit. Um, certainly after I shot season uh, one, I decided that it would be a good idea for me to learn a little bit more, more like knife skills. Um, yeah. And so I, I practiced some of that, but you know, most of it's just, I don't know. I, I didn't find myself prepping for the profession of the role, but more of the relationships, the dialogue, the, uh, the scene study of it. 
uh, everything else is kind of business that you can learn on site if you need to, and there's always consultants there, so that's nice. So does Casey expect you to, uh, you know, to cook at home, or uh, you know, that's that's still off the table? <laughs> Oh, I, uh, but I guess there's a difference, right? Cooking and, you know, I play a head chef at a restaurant and an executive yeah. chef at a restaurant. And uh, I learned very quickly between uh, being, a chef, being a cook. Um, I tend to not follow a recipe, not considering how much of the food I have in my kitchen and whether or not I have to cook for 40 people the next day. And if I have that in my budget, I am just sitting there throwing butter and salt at things and hoping it tastes good. So, uh, <laughs> but I enjoy cooking. I think maybe part of that is because I like uh, moving and shaking and, and focusing on something. Like you can't not be present while you're cooking because you'll set your kitchen on fire, you know? Yeah, you know, cut yourself <laughs> plenty of times. Uh, my uh, my nephew is a, is a chef. So um, I've, I've seen kind of him grow in that. And uh, it's always interesting to watch uh, because he's completely in his element. It's it's fascinating. Does um, he cook at home? He does. Yeah, he does. As a matter of fact, he I'm going oh. over to his uh, I'm going over to his house uh, later today because uh, you know during COVID he wanted to experiment. So now he's baking bread. So he's doing you know sourdough oh, bread. Nice. So I'm gonna go and try some uh, try some out. I've um, I found that uh, I'm not a picky eater and uh, I'm not a you know, I'm not a uh, somebody who is a uh, culinary snob, if you will. So um, I go, I grab what I like, and I'm done with it. When I went to his restaurant in Highland Park uh, when he was uh, when he was there, um, and I looked at the menu, and I didn't want to be rude to him, but nothing on the menu looked good to me. Uh, it was complex. It was all, all right. sorts of things, and the thing, I'm like, I. I love my nephew. He's like a younger brother to me, but I don't know if I'm going to enjoy anything here. So I, I needed to kind of prepare myself for how to break that to him. And fortunately, he didn't make me order. He just said, you're sitting here. I'm bringing stuff to you. I'm going to do a mix of all sorts of things. And uh, he kept on bringing stuff out. There's not one thing that I didn't think was the best thing that I've ever tried. So that for me was a was the first time I understood okay, that's what a real restaurant is like. That's what a real chef is like. I need to learn a lot more. Sure, sure, sure. Um, you've done a ton of commercials. You've done uh, stuff for, uh, you, know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, Capital One, Blackhawks, which I want to dive into because you're a hockey guy. And then I see you in a Packers uniform. Man, come on. That's just, that's not good. <laughs> oh, man, that was a wild day. I got... Um... I was terribly so now in the time of COVID, uh, I think I'm learning a little bit more about when to show up to work and when not to. But uh, at that point, I had just gotten done doing a an improv show, um, and I wasn't feeling super hot. But I had a call time the next morning up in Green Bay, and I had already mm -hmm. rented a car, and so it was time to go up there. About halfway through, I was through the drive. I was terribly sick, barely made it up there barely got to sleep and I made it through that next day. You know, the, the night quill or the day quill that I bought at the um, hotel across the street must have really done the job because I made it to the next moment that they yelled cut and then I ran back to the trailer to make friends with the toilet. So <laughs> uh, 
but it was actually a, a pretty wild experience just from a um, perspective of somebody who uh, I don't really follow football very much. I don't have an allegiance one way or another, but yeah. that land is like holy land to them. It's incredible. You know, that stadium has some sort of history that uh, makes makes it feel special. So that was yeah. my takeaway. Um, I, I was teaching in Green Bay a while back um, and uh, I, you know, obviously packed town and I asked them about, you know, other sports and they looked at me and said, what other sports? Um, and I <laughs> that's what it is like in, in Green Bay, which makes sense. Now it's uh, a gig is a gig, of course, but I'm sure you, you probably got crap yeah. from, uh, from your Chicago buddies about that one. Um, I'm sad, yeah. <laughs> In terms of uh, Blackhawks, uh, I mean, for, for a guy who grew up playing hockey and actually wanted to make it a profession from what I understand, how was that uh, to do a Blackhawks spot? Oh, blast. Um, and also, you know, you find yourself kind of as somebody who understands the culture of the fan there. Um, I found myself knowing a little bit more about what a national anthem is like there. Uh, you know, for people who don't know, it's a pretty ro uh, rowdy event. It's not quiet. It's um, loud. And uh, I think when you're a commercial director coming into town, town, mm -hmm. um, you don't necessarily have that knowledge. Um, and so there was part of it that was uh, bringing authenticity to what, what that meant. But also I think the audition, I, uh, I went in there and the casting director was like, okay, I'm going to let you slate and then don't stop talking until you convince me that you need to be in this commercial. Um, it went on for like five minutes, just going on and on about my history with the team. My mom used to babysit or my mom used to clean houses for a few of the players. And I used to babysit for some of those players. And uh, I just remember going to games when tickets were like eight dollars, and I'd be with all my friends there, um, looking up to uh, some of the players personally and professionally, um, and just a pure love for hockey. So, yeah, it was it was a blast. Um, and like you said, a gig is a gig, but uh, some things some things have a little bit more you know meaning to you and special. Uh, but I think the hardest part was. That year they did so poorly that uh, they didn't make it to the playoffs. And if they would have made it to the playoffs, I have a feeling that spot would have got extended. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that would have been a little bit more money in my pocket from the Chicago Blackhawks. But, you know, that's okay. Which, uh, which players, uh, kids, did you get to, uh, to babysit? Sure. Um, so Steve Sullivan, uh, Michael Nylander. Uh, Michael Nylander. Um, was the main person and his two kids one of his kids plays for the Blackhawks now um so both of those kids were enormously good. I remember having to like referee them in little like street hockey matches and they'd be fighting like brothers um but they grew up and got drafted eighth overall in consecutive years so one of them eighth overall the first year and then the next year sure enough eighth overall so it's been fun to watch them and their careers kind of blossom. Um, I remember doing some work for Chelios's house and getting lost in his basement. He had like a roller rink in his basement. I got lost in there. I just couldn't find my way out. <laughs> Tennis courts in the backyard. 
So that, that was kind of my glimpse at uh, a different life as a kid. That's awesome. Is that why you uh, you kind of fell in love with hockey and you wanted to, to make it into a career if you could? No, I think that was that came a little bit after I knew what I wanted to do. I think I joined back into hockey. I took a break from hockey because it was too expensive. My mom, as a single mom, was having trouble affording everything, let alone hockey, which is uh, by far one of the most expensive sports that you can get yourself into. Um, and I started to get into quite a bit of trouble in junior high. Um, and my mom, what do we have to do? You know, you're like, one road is going to lead you to juvie and one road is, and what is this other road? And I said, I want to play hockey. And she was like, okay, so that's got to be your thing. So I remember spending quite a bit of time in my garage practicing because the way that I figured it, most of the people that I'd be playing against or playing with playing since they've been two or three years old um and now i have a lot of catch up to do so the time that maybe i would have been spending riding bikes around or stealing bikes or getting into fights uh i was spending in my garage shooting pucks or stick handling or exercising or working out and then she started getting uh she was a single mom a lot of uh, different jobs to support us and one of those jobs she started the cleaning business and got referred to, I think, Chris Chelios, and Chris Chelios referred to Steve Sullivan, and then Michael Nylander, and then, you know, so on and so forth. When you have somebody who you know that works well, you, you recommend them. And it just so happened that it was the sport of dearly. Uh, Michael was super kind to me. He gave me rollerblades when I was trying to get in shape during the summer and couldn't afford ice time. So yeah, just really solid. And just kind of kismet. That's that's nice. Um, so, what happened? Why wasn't it a career for you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, if I'm being honest, I think probably I was not good enough. Uh, I think I could have played for a few more years. I had an injury, um, and in the time it would have taken me to rehabilitate that injury. I think I was already too far behind. And so mm -hmm. there was this sense, uh, I was kind of bitter, I was kind of upset. Um, and I, at that point I had moved away from home to compete in hockey. Um, we had some family uh, trouble. My grandmother passed away from cancer after about a year long battle. And so I was coming back and forth. And at that point, I think, you know, my priority would have had to have been rehabilitating that injury getting right back into it and I just I didn't uh, and instead I had a teacher from high school pull me aside and ask me if I wanted to be in Beauty and the Beast uh, at which point I was like no way and then he convinced me uh, and that was kind of a trend my senior year uh, the the theater teacher brought in a lot of um, a lot of the jock songs so-called um, and uh, I mean, for when you think about it, like theater is one of the most physical forms of arts that you could do besides dance, and mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes it is dance that you're doing. So uh, I definitely think that I stole a little bit of training from my hockey training, right, and applied that to like to my acting. Uh, I had a director approach me a few years ago and asked me if I wanted to do a uh, this this 
show and I was like, ah, I'm not much of a physical theater actor. And then she came to see me in that show and she was like, that's a lie. Like you're throwing your body around the entire time. You're like one of the most physical actors I know. And I, it took me a little bit to realize that uh, that probably came from being more of an athlete. So. Um, for some reason, Happy Gilmore comes to mind. I, that, that whole process of, uh, of thinking of yourself as a hockey player and being a golfer, for you, it's uh, thinking of the hockey player. <laughs> There was definitely uh, some anger issues as a kid uh, that led to uh, playing hockey for sure, but that's another yeah. story. <laughs> um, in in doing the prep and kind of uh, you know knowing what I know about you, you've done you know all the Chicago not all the Chicago TV shows, but you've done most of the Chicago TV shows. You've done a ton of theater. You've done a lot of commercials. Uh, you were born in New York. Um, you studied in New York as well. You worked in New York knowing that New York is a big market and you kind of uh, got to where you are in Chicago, why not move? Um, that's a good question. I haven't felt the career need to. You know, like this past year I worked in South Korea. I got that job. Uh, this past year I worked in Michigan. I worked in Indiana. I worked in Texas. Um, I've worked all over the place and uh, I haven't felt the need, you know, I've been approached by a number of managers. I was represented in LA for a bit, lived in LA. I've done that. Uh, I like Chicago. Um, a good career here. I've got a family here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, with work, it's, you get a phone call and you go and I have no problem with that. Um, but I don't dig sitting in traffic. I like my bike to auditions. You know, I think I've kind of found, found my life here right now and uh, obviously all that changes with uh, an opportunity here or there that's yeah. the kind of life that I, I like no yeah, makes sense thank you um in terms of uh, kind of working i know i know you hustle and you grind and you work a lot um and you're you're a working actor and you're successful at it so the last three or four months when you haven't been able to work how was that in terms of being able to kind of keep afloat from a financial perspective? Good. Um, financially, uh, I've put myself in a good position where um, I wasn't terrified of working, not working for a little while. Um, I have opportunities to bring in money through coaching, um, though I'm not relying on that. Most of most of that money is going directly towards organizations that I support. So. Um, you know, I think my life has been a series of, um, kismet, you know, fate of me saying, Hey, uh, I really like a little bit of time where the next day isn't dictated by an email that I get at 8 PM saying that like, okay, tomorrow you have to show up at this place, uh, and do this thing. And now tonight you have to memorize the script. Um, uh, and while I love that part of me, part of me was asking for a little bit of respite. Uh, and I've got, and I got it. Uh, <laughs> that being said, I mean, I think uh, you can see in this background here, I've got a little bit of art department stuff up here. I do a little bit of um, just producing on my own, uh, a little bit of writing, a little bit of producing and self-directing. And um, so that's been an opportunity to kind of practice some of that. Uh, auditions still come in, you know, even during COVID, you know, you're getting 
uh, random stay-at-home tapes and so there's been a little bit of practice here or there but i find myself like even this morning i took a downtown and back because i just missed the commute i miss that part of you know like getting up and going to do something and then coming back and resuming with your life and the level of activity there is really important to me i find that i am a happier person when i'm active um, and I think maybe that's why I chose to be an actor subconsciously is because it's different every day. And, you know, there's a sense of adventure. Uh, you can learn that you're using your body, you're using your mind, your soul, your emotions. So, yeah, it's been nice, actually. It's been nice. Very cool. Um, you have a tattoo that says live without limits. Um, when did you get it and yes. why? <laughs> Uh, I got out of a three-year-long relationship, and at the time, I was um, uh, feeling very poetic and very strong-willed. Uh, I wanted to remind myself, so it says trust, love, and live without limits. And, mm -hmm. and I wanted a constant reminder that despite whatever I was feeling at that moment, that love was not the enemy, and that there are no limits that you put on your life that are put on your life other than the limits that we put on ourselves. You know, like if I wanted to with no money on my, my, I could start to hitchhike across the country to New York and try my best to live that life. Now, obviously that's not a hundred percent true, but I think as a general philosophy, like removing those limits that we put on ourselves mm -hmm. is really important. Um, and I wanted that reminder to be there every day. And a lot of people were like, don't do it. You've got a career, you've got this, or you've got, you know, you're an actor, you can't taint your body or whatever. And I've never had that issue. Um, <clears throat> Isn't, uh, I was watching Altered Carbon and the first season of Altered Car Carbon, you know, Joel, I think Joel Kinnaman, I think is his, uh, is his name. Um, uh, he has a lot of tattoos. So it certainly mm. takes time uh, in the makeup uh, chair before you're doing the shoot, but I don't see him struggling for work just because he's uh, he's <laughs> So no, um, when I was actually auditioning for the shy, they were I think they were having a little bit of trouble understanding who uh, Chef Dan was going to be. He was not named Chef Dan at first; he was named Chef Steve, and and they're like, "Are you willing to shave your arms?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." They're like, okay, you've been put off hold. And I was like, what's the right answer there, right? Like, and then they they came back and they're like, are you willing to shave your head? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, we've taken you off hold. And I was like, I don't understand what you want me to say here. I'm do I'm willing to do whatever I have to do. Yeah. Um, but at that point, they're asking because they wanted they were uh, thinking about making uh, both of his arms totally tatted up. And I was just thinking about how much extra time that would take in a, in a makeup chair. Yeah. Um, so those are a little bit of the inside stories on on how that all how all of that happened. That was a it was like a three or four month audition process. Yeah. Um, let's let's actually dive in uh, to uh, into the acting and your approach to it for a second. Um, what do you take? There are a ton of techniques. There are a lot of methodologies. You know, people use what works for them. What works for you? Memorize the words. Just learn learn the words as best as you can and practice saying them uh, out loud. Uh, think about relationships. So, like, 
when I went to school, um, we were taught all sorts of different techniques. And then when I went to New York, um, it was about practicing little bits of those for when you need them, right? So you're not always going to need to apply technique to something that you might innately understand. But if you come up against a wall where you're having trouble understanding a role or a perspective or a scene or a moment, then you can take from these different techniques. Um, I've always appreciated Meisner and the, the sense of hooking. Like, so if you have a line that says, would you like some tacos? My thing would be tacos. No, I'm good. And the line might just be, no, I'm good. But thinking tacos beforehand helps me understand that there's a reaction and then there is a verbal response. And uh, so that, that helps me sometimes. Sometimes just not thinking. I like I was playing golf the other day with some friends, and they were like, "You don't take any practice swings, do you?" And I'm like, "No, I don't like to think. I think that thinking gets in my way quite a bit." Um, you know, I, I like to say that actors, well-trained actors, are can make the best pizza in the world, um, and they shouldn't doubt their ability to make pizza. You know, so like most of the time, they're asking you for a pepperoni pizza and you went to school to learn how to make the grandest of things and it's pretty simple for you to make a pepperoni pizza so uh i think for me um i i pick, pick from all of them uh all of the ones that i've learned and i've tried to avoid getting in my head about it i think our job is a lot simpler than we we make it sometimes uh, we are playing pretend after all yeah. Uh, and I think we can get away from that. So, uh, and certainly there's a place for it in certain shows and theaters. And uh, but for me, I, I like what uh, I like to use my instincts, uh, yeah. learn from my other actors and such. Makes sense. Um, if you were to uh, to say who your acting inspiration is, uh, is there such an actor that uh, you look up to and say, yeah, that's that's where I'd like to uh, to be in terms of my craft? Um, no, uh, there's there's all sorts of I don't know. I feel like I'm living my own my own thing here, and uh, cool. I think that there are careers that like musicians have had. I think. For me, I go into this place of wanting to give 150% to everything that I do. And there is uh, a style of production, right? Like in just producing as much work as you can. That isn't really that healthy for me, but I admire the people that, that have had careers like that. Like I look at uh, Bob Dylan's young career and yeah. the amount of work he was creating was absolutely incredible. I, I, I don't know if I'd want to be him in those situations. Um, but then I look at work like Denzel Washington, and I'm just absolutely blown away. But I don't know if I want anybody else's career but mine, you know? Yeah, no, make, makes sense. Um, few things uh, before we wrap up. Um, I, and again, in doing my prep, I was uh, looking at your resume, and one of the things that popped into my mind uh, immediately that uh, you do a, a Russian accent. So, you know, being somebody who's a native Russian speaker <laughs> immediately uh, piqued my interest. Um, so where where did you have to utilize it? And uh, if uh, if you're up for it, I definitely want to hear it. 
Uh, oh man, I don't know if I like being put on the spot, but I will talk to you a little bit about uh, where that came from. Um, over the years, uh, so specifically last year, I played uh, a Serbian, uh, which is not the same thing, obviously, as a Russian. However, um, I remember watching an interview with an actor who had played a bunch of Bond villain type characters. Um, and they were like, so how do you get all these job villains? And he goes, well, most of them ask for an Eastern European to play the villain. And so some of them will be very specific. Can you do a accent? And he goes, yep. Can you do a Russian accent? And he goes, yep. Can you do a Ukrainian accent? And he goes, yep. And then he does the same accent for all of them and they don't know the difference. Yep, I saw that same interview. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I've done a lot of uh, research on it, and and really, um, I, I wouldn't want to to do one right now for you, um, but it's it's definitely popped up in auditions that I've had to do, um, and uh, I think just about anything that you put your mind to, you can get done. I, I always was like, do it so much that you don't like being bad at it. You know, I, I don't think that any, like if you go out and you ice skate for the first time and you knew that you were going to ice skate every Wednesday for the rest of your life, you would get good at it really fast because nobody enjoys the process of being bad at something. And so the self-teaching that we do, so long as we're generous with ourselves, um, can provide uh, pretty quick growth. Maybe. Okay. We'll find out. <laughs> we'll see off after after we end the recording we're, we're gonna give it a try um okay and then uh, <laughs> last uh, last question and the only you know same question that i ask all of my actor uh interviews is if you had to give one bit of advice to your younger acting self what would that be oh man that's tough i think that my career at this point has been a series of mistakes that I've learned from. And uh, if I could give myself one piece of advice, it would probably be to avoid some of those things, but I think I've learned <laughs> so much from having made those mistakes that I, I wouldn't be where I am today had I not made them. But I think if there was one thing, it's that I don't need to be at a 10 in order to, to act well, right? So I don't need to be at my most emotionally vulnerable state all of the time in order to be an artist. Yeah. That there is balance in your life that is important. Um, what else? Um, like, I don't know, like I, I, I don't know how much that would change. Maybe be more patient. Uh, yeah, keep learning about yourself, maybe. Ooh. Yeah, there's there's no right or wrong answer. It's just uh, interesting. <laughs> there's a right answer. There's a right answer. I just don't hey, know what it there's, is. There's no right answer. It's like a casting director. Uh, all of the actors asking the casting director is, what are you looking for? There's no right answer, right? They don't know. They know approximately, and then they see it, and then somebody shows them something else that they like more, and then they go with that, and then they make recommendations, and the producers tell them they want something else. So there's no right answer. I No, I found the right answer. <laughs> I figured it out. It is um, don't plan so much. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot that happens in the audition room 
there's a lot that happens on set that if you are so set in your ways for this is how I'm going to say this line or these are the things I'm going to do during this line um, that you you set yourself up for what feels like failure and um, instead of setting yourself up for you know like playing on the playground with your friends you know like mm -hmm. I have all of the tools necessary to play tag with you and it will always be different when I play it with you and so I think like don't plan so much you know let let yourself be surprised by the universe and by what happens when you just kind of let go of that control. Perfect. That's, that's the right answer. <laughs> that's the, I'll take that. that. That certainly is a very good one. Um, thank you, Mick. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for being a good guy. Thanks for uh, being available to, you know, younger actors like myself in the Chicago community. Uh, and thanks for coming on. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks. And thanks to everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, lots of other fun stuff to come. Lots of guests, uh, actors, casting directors, acting coaches, producers, showrunners. Everybody is coming up. So stay tuned. Subscribe. Hit the bell. Tell your friends. And thanks again for coming.